Welcome to the School of Calisthenics podcast with your hosts, Tim and Jacko. So today's podcast was a spitball session, a new style, or sort of new style, we've got a new time. Partly, uh, when we started this off, um, we didn't entirely know where it was going to go and didn't exactly have a title for it. But what's come out of it is something around getting some perspective and being able to use that perspective to manage and reduce the pressure that we put on ourselves in our training that ultimately can affect our everyday life as well. Yeah, we go a little bit off-piste at times on this one. So if you don't mind listening to Jack and I just generally go through some of the stuff that happens in our head there's a little bit of that it's not all massively on task and targeted today so it's a little bit more of an informal affair let's say but it's a great conversation i hope you get some value out of it but i don't really think we need to add anything else jacko because we probably said more than enough in this week's podcast so sit hopefully back you're intrigued and have a yeah have a listen at our what we've now called a spitball session which may or may not be featured again that might be the one and only we'll see how it goes down let us know whether that format of just general lack of structure works for you and we also hope that your training is uh, is going well and uh, if you're interested in improving things like your mobility if you're interested in improving your handstand if you're interested in improving your lower body mechanics uh, then we have got an online workshop series that starts this um, Saturday on the 14th of November and then each week there is a, a workshop so we've got 14th we've got uh, mobility on the 21st we've got handstand and then on the 28th we have got the lower body uh, and those are all online workshops there is a uh, you can join each one individually and there's early bird offers for those if you get on the early bird they're only 39 pounds they're two hours each uh, but if you wanted to join all three there's a discount on all three of those so you get access to all three for just 99 pounds so that's uh, that's there they're about 33 pound a session timbo what great value. Do the math. Do the math on that. <laughs> Didn't even use so a calculator. Definitely come and check those out. The feedback we've had from our online workshops has been brilliant, and they're all led by a group of coaches. So our coach to um, participant ratio is always stacked in your favor to make sure you get individual feedback on those. Um, the other thing to tell you is you can, if you want to get involved in calisthenics training, you want some training programs to follow, you're looking for some spice and variety for your sessions and workouts, then go and check out our virtual classroom. It's our online training platform where we host all of our content. So you can get in there and choose the program you want to get started on and it is free to try on a monthly subscription for seven days, no payment required and no no commitment. You can cancel at any time if it's not for you, but you can come, come along, check it out for risk-free, um, and that starts at $9.99 a month. So you can find details for that at schoolofcalisthenics.com. And, and we'd love to see you in the, in, the, in the virtual classroom or at one of the workshops because we genuinely really like connecting with people, and you won't find a bot in sight. It's just real people and real coaches uh, trying to help you with your progression and to achieve your goals yeah that's what i was going to say but you might you might be wanting some help and encouragement and that's what you're going to get from the community of people in there and also the coaches as tim said it's uh, it's all personal based and coach led uh, we are not robots we are coaches that's a new little tagline we're working on see how it goes yeah. down well, you will definitely know that we are not bots when you listen to this conversation because a, a, a robot would have had a far more coherent response to the, the ambiguous question we began with. So let's, uh, let's a say robot's no more. Never been, a robot has never been bit by a bee. Well, yeah, or, or a shark. A well, possibly. Or a shark. Has. Oh, yeah. actually has. I've seen that on David Atom. Anyway, we're getting into this. <laughs> Sit back, try and enjoy a conversation between me and Jacko around some stuff. Roll that jingle.
So we're trying something new this week. I mean, it's not new because it's just Jack and I having a chat, but we're going to give it a name. And the reason it's got a name is because we couldn't think of a very good name for what we actually want to talk about. So we're going to call it a spitball session, whereas me and Jack are having a chat about something we want to talk about that is not necessarily clearly defined, which is probably not new at all. We do that. <laughs> just one of the normal podcasts where there isn't a guest in. Uh, well, I, what I um, we came in with a, I wanted to call this, what about when you can't do it anymore or something like that? And you said that, and when I hear it out loud, I think that maybe you're right. You were like, well, that's not quite a strong enough title for uh, for, for, the, for the session topic. Um, but I'm not, I'm not sure that if I was perusing down a list of podcasts that that title would jump out to me and go that is one for me what oh, about when you can't do it anymore you go, oh, I need to listen to that it's like oh intriguing it's like oh what, what, I can't do what anymore what are, the, what are the boys talking about whereas a spitball session you'd be like oh I definitely want to hear the random thoughts that Tim and Jack are going to share today <laughs> <laughs> so this is where we're going to go it's a spitball session but um, Jacko has got a subject in mind and uh, I'm actually just going to let him go on this one because I think he's coming with some, some premeditated mm. thoughts that he's excited to share and, and I have probably just going to play I've got my the questions that I've written down are the devil's advocate anticipation of what I think you want to talk about yeah um, okay so here we go speaking this is something that's been on my mind on my heart a little bit recently um, for a number of weeks and probably as we all go on our various different sort of journeys through training and through life, you're thinking about different things. Where I'm at at the moment, though, is we've been talking a lot about this idea of um, how do you want to move and how do you want to be? What do you want your training to be like when you are older rather than just thinking about getting bigger biceps right now? And I know some of those messages, are lots, lots of people that have been listening to podcasts, feeding back to us, like um, really enjoying it and really glad, you know, we're so glad that it is some of these things that we've been talking about, like the Fit For What episode um, has really resonated with people and you're sort of jo- joining us on that journey. So we, we appreciate that and um, thank you for feeding that back. Um, the, I, the notion that that sort of title, I said, what, what happens when, oh, what about when you can't do it anymore? Is this idea of going... Well, regard, regardless, like absolutely regardless of how I train tomorrow, today, this week, this month, right now, there will be a point in time when I can't do the things that I can do now. Whereas a lot of the time, previously, I'd be thinking about the goals that I've got that help motivate me, help me stay consistent with my training, like we've talked many times before. Um, I'd be focusing and thinking about those things I can't yet do and working hard towards getting them. Whereas, and I don't know why this is, but recently my mind has just shifted to um, just, I guess, preparing because I feel like it's important to go, am I, am I, I guess, am I mentally stable enough? Am I happy enough with my own self that when I can no longer do a human flag anymore because I get, you know, I, I could get injured would be one thing, but equally, that may or may not happen but what will definitely happen is i'll get old and there'll be a time when i'm like too old uh, hopefully my um, plan is to be able to do stuff till quite late in age but there'll be a time when you can't do anymore um, or circumstances change completely and you can't for whatever reason but there is definitely in your life going to be a time when all the things you can currently do you can't do anymore um and i don't know why but for some reason my mind has shifted towards like being happy and okay with that and i think just one thing for me that it's done is it's changed my how I'm looking at my training now and the types of thing and what I'm sort of doing and what I'm investing my time in more and I'm certainly less a lot less stressed and putting a lot less pressure on myself 
to do the things that I can't yet do that are my goals um, rather than like putting pressure on myself to be able to do more and more and more sort of harder things and this is something we've sort of spoke about quite a bit in the past does that make sense where I'm coming from uh, yeah I've got some questions yeah um, oh, this is like a question answer session yeah so has you not being able to do something in the future previously been something which bothers you Good question, Timber. It's like going back to old school. Um, I've got uh, more. Like I've got more. Question, like, when, when, when it was like fighting over who was question master. Um, I don't. I don't think so. I don't. I, yeah, I don't recall sort of being in a in a situation of that like sort of stressing me out or or worrying me in the longer term. But probably more so like that idea in the shorter term of like. Oh, crying, you know, and, and we have where people message us not all the time, but it does happen where people are like, you know, last week I could do some ring muscle ups and now I can't do one anymore. And we're like, well, you've, you've probably just fatigued rather than like you can't do it anymore. You've, you've, you haven't lost this thing. Um, so maybe like a little bit of, of that when it's like, um, I guess just being completely like honest is like, well, you know, when we're doing, we haven't done any workshops for a while because of the whole COVID situation, but there's an element of, um, in those in those workshops and in those coaching you've got to demonstrate the things that because you know for some people they're visual learners and it's like well they want to not only for your own self you want to uh do a nice smooth or um competent demonstration rather than um rather than sort of butchering something but you know so there's there's probably a little bit of that but the, the converse and same thing of that is I always i always think of um like alex ferguson wasn't better or wasn't any good at free kicks when he was probably helping David Beckham become one of the best free kick specialists in the world. So it's not it's not for me personally. I don't think that like the coach has to be like the best at something like you know uh, Rafael Nadal's coach or Roger Federer's tennis coach aren't better than them at tennis. Um, it's more what they can add to the to the person from a coaching perspective. So my next question: in danger of killing the podcast off early. Because if, if you, depending on the answer to this question, you could go, so there you have it, folks. It's completely <laughs> irrelevant thing to think about is when you're old and you can't do these things anymore, do you think that will bother you? Um, because think, depending on what you say now, it's like if you're not yeah. bothered now, you're not bothered then, <laughs> then you've got nothing to be bothered about. Um, no, I think, well, but it's not... The, the, the question, it's, it's war stories, isn't it? It's like, oh, I yeah, used no. to be able to do that. And then, and then what you could do, that's what happens then, is like, oh, you get these people, and oh, when I used to lift. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. talk to the young pups around the gym in the, in the park who are doing must-ups, and you go, when I used to, I used to do 20 of those consecutively. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, the exaggeration points can be added up as the more you get older, I think. Sorry, carry on. Yeah. Um, no, I it's it's more i think one of the things like the bit the the question i wanted to to what well, the reason i wanted to talk about it and have it as a bit of a question is to just open up that conversation where we're going you know a lot of people are because we know we do it ourselves and, and you know we talk to a lot of you guys out there that we're we're potentially we're pushing very hard to be able to do something and it's like right once i can do you know once i can do it myself then i'll be happy and actually they're just opening up the realization that yeah it will, there'll be an element of that but it's like you're going to one think of like oh what am I going to be able to do next once you can do that which is one of the great things about calisthenics because it's it's never ending uh, but equally 
that there is going to be a point of when you can't do it anymore. And just that, for me, takes away some of the pressure that we put on ourselves to learn something. You know, I think back to some of the people that we've, you know, that have think of someone like uh, Laura um, Clark, uh, Loza, who sort of, um, crikey, must have been working on a ring muscle-up for maybe like two years, two and a half years, or, you know, a, a long period of time and put so much effort in and probably went through so much... Um, uh, wondering whether they'd ever be able to do it. And there's loads of people out there as well. Like most of the time, people are not learning these things in a matter of weeks or months. It takes a lot of time, particularly when you're, you know, when you're really, really sort of developing yourself and developing your strength and your control and everything. And all the, during that process, put a lot of pressure on ourselves. Um, and I find, I've certainly found that just exploring this idea of like, well, being okay with when I can't do it means that I can be a little bit more okay with when I can't do it now and just take sort of take a little bit of that pressure off and enjoy the process and enjoy that journey of learning and getting towards it rather than it being a um a rush and you know because one of those questions we get all the time how long does it take me to do x how long does it take me to do y and it's it's a lot of the time for us it's the it's the sort of wrong question and to that then so that's yeah that was where that was where I was the angle was sort of coming up from in terms of going answering your question directly when I'm older, will I be bothered? I don't know because it's difficult to it's difficult to know where where your mind is going to be at when you are older. It will bother me when I'm older if I can't enjoy my body well. That's the biggest thing. If I can't, if I've not invested in my physical pension and I'm not moving well and can't do the sort of, it will get to the point in a certain age where you just can't do everyday tasks. But I want to be able to do more than that. Then that definitely, definitely will bother me, and hence why. Um, asking myself this question about what about when I can't do it is making me um, look at my training now to really help some of that longevity and that focus. And for me, it's that double, not double-edged sword, but there's those two elements. I've got to have something that inspires me, motivates me and keeps me consistent with my training that I'm aspiring to, but at the same time, not taking that too far and having having an eye on that longevity as well. Because, yeah, it will bother me if I can't use my body well. If I can't do a human flag, will it bother me so much? Probably not. But if I can't do things that I want to be able to do, then yeah, that would hundred percent bother me. So I told you I was going to play devil's advocate. I actually think there's yeah, a real good. gold in this. So I didn't Lanted. want that to come across as me being like, "Oh, it's a, it's a silly question." Because I don't think it is. I think. Yeah, I thought you were just trying to trip me up. It was like I thought I threw a quick curveball. It's something different <laughs> for listeners, listeners, Jack. I'll keep you on your toes. We want to um, know what you think as well, though, Tim. Well, I, I, I just I think some of the stuff that you've been through there is, is the real value in this and. The reason I wanted to dig into it a little bit like this was by going, if someone said to you, to, if you go to ask anybody who's, the majority of people that are in a gym, training, doing some kind of whatever fitness activity it is, what about when you can't do that bench press anymore? What about when you can't do that squat anymore? I think most people are the top of the head without having thought about it to the level that you have done. We're going, well, I don't care. Because we are so often in today's um, society about instant gratification. So people ask us a question of, how long is it going to take me to do a handstand? Because they just want to do a handstand. Whereas when you flip it and you think, well, what if I can't do that? Or there's going to come a point where I can't do that anymore. It takes away the reason or the value of the thing itself that you think you're working towards. So what? take it out of calisthenics and go, say someone's just done a 150 kilo back squat and they're super chuffed with that. Well, there's definitely going to come a point when you can't do a 150 kilo back squat anymore. I know that for a fact. 
and it, it just goes to highlight, I think, the importance of the journey and the the intrinsic stuff that happens on the result to what could be a fairly sort of extrinsic focused expression of I can do this thing. Because if it's not about that thing, then it's about the process. Do you know what I mean? So it's it, yeah. it, it switches it of going, well, actually, whether it's 140 kilos or 150 kilos or 180, it doesn't actually matter. Or if it's a handstand, a muscle up, or a human flag, it doesn't actually matter. What I'm trying to do is do something which is of value to me now, which I'm enjoying, which is giving me a positive sense of fulfillment about the activities that I'm engaged in. And to me right now, that matters, but I'm enjoying the process that I'm going on. If you can, if you can process that, you start to focus more on what am I getting out of working towards the objective now rather than actually being able to do the thing because the thing doesn't matter. But what does matter is everything you're going to learn along the way. And this is a very sort of long-winded saying, a, tr- a way of trying to stay away from that cliche of enjoy the journey because it is a, it's massively like quoted and probably overused and I'm guilty of it as well, but it's so true. Mm. But just flipping that focus, I think, is is quite significant and it yeah. probably as you say it takes a ton of the pressure off because it's not about when can i eventually do this really hard thing that i'm working towards it's like well that's only going to be a speck in in time anyway there's going to be a period of time where i can do that and if it's a strength-based movement then and you don't continue to train that strength like a back squat or something let's take weightlifting as a good example because it's less skill based than something like a handstand well if you don't train for two weeks then you're not going to do it in two weeks time so it's like it's 150 kilos for what? To say that you've done it. Like it's just, it, I think you, you then, yeah. well, I guess the point I'm trying to make is it's like it is such a f- success in, it, when held in that context can be such a fleeting moment. And that's one of the things I love about handstanding. Like I look handstand for three or four weeks, I can still do a handstand because I taught myself a skill. It's very different necessarily to, have, to being able to do an expression of strength, which requires a number of different motor abilities to actually make that, that happen. Something you have to consistently train for. I'm not saying a handstand is more valuable than something else as an end goal, but the journey, what you get from it, there's some of those things which I, I just think are, I, I just enjoy that more, I think, because it's it probably provides a lasting fulfillment because of the nature of the type of movement that it is. I've probably gone off piece slightly no, towards the end there. I want, I've got, you've made me, there's probably about five things going around in my head. I'm never going to remember all of them. One of them, but I want to come back to this, is, is then the question for you of like, before you did calisthenics and you were doing, um, you started doing your weightlifting when you were a school by diving instructor to look look good in your trunks. Yep. Um, <laughs> guilty. Um, it worked as well. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you picked yourself up a, a wife. Um, but so I want to come. I want to come back to that of like. Um, so I'm because I'm not going to remember everything. This is for me to give to you to remember. Um, were Were there stuff in your training that gave you the enjoyment that you get from that handstand, but in a in in some in a in a weightlifting form? Um, the things that I love about this conversation and like whether it's broadened out too much or not is, is sort of irrelevant. I just love the fact that we're going to a point where we're talking about and changing the way we're thinking about our training, ourselves and, and, and how we like, how we go about what we do and just challenging that um, rather than just going from day to day, from training session to training session, just going through life and just chasing like the next thing, like 
just asking ourselves and by sharing on this podcast hopefully encouraging other people to ask them some ask themselves some deeper questions about like why it is they're doing what they're doing and what they enjoy doing and why um because i think some of the things that you mentioned tie in a a bit to what i was saying that there's there's still that element that there's value in in working towards something i believe there's value in having those like goals and those things that you're working towards um if they are helping provide you with some longevity for what you're doing because i don't really care what anybody says or i care what everyone says but you know that when someone gets old like they're not going to be happy when they can't like do stuff like because movement not being able to move just kills us effectively um so i don't believe we are all in that same boat whether you realize it now or not that's just down to your down to a little bit of um self-awareness um and age probably i think when you're younger like there was no way i was thinking about any of this type of stuff but, um, but i love talking about it now there's a point on that though when you started playing rugby and the same for me and other people that play contact sports I wasn't ever thinking about what's it going to be like when I can't play rugby. And I also wasn't thinking Mm. about the hangover that I'm going to have physically as a result of playing a contact sport for 20 years. Like my broken finger, which gets really cold first before (laughs) anything else because it's got bolts in it. Or my sometimes dodgy shoulders actually much better now. Or whatever else it might be, I probably escaped without too many like lasting problems. But if someone said to you, oh, Jackie, you know, your finger's going to be a bit bent when you're older because of rugby, you'd be like, I don't care. They're flipping my hands up terrible but you want um, to change you want to stop no. playing guys you know what you're right i i didn't even think about the hangover i was going to get from the actual hangover of going out on the lash after after the game with yeah, trying to you're going to feel really rough in the morning don't literally care literally i'm having a great of... time right now <laughs> but there's that and also getting bullied by bigger older blokes that like i remember yeah, being like 18 and just being drowned um but no you're right and i think one thing that stands out in my mind is actually a good um I don't know whether my answer would change now, but I, when I had my, when I had to announce my retirement at rugby from um, my head injury, and, and a lady in the crowd, uh, they did a bit of a Q and A with me, and the lady in the crowd like stood up and said, like, you know, my son's however years old, uh, just a young kid, like ten years old or something. It was like, you know, having seen what's happened to you, and I, and I have now escaped. Like I've made a full recovery, so effectively escaped lightly, hopefully, as long well, as there's think, no, think nothing in the future. There's moments when I wouldn't. <laughs> That's what I say. <laughs> but um, uh, well, actually, I'm there, there. There's just on that. There is um, a research out there around like effects on gut health from concussions. Um, Doctor Cobb from Z Health wants to talk about um, lasting effects from like head injury concussions. So there is a little. I'm looking into a little bit more stuff that might be underneath the surface like on the surface i feel i think i'm okay type of thing um anyway said yeah depending uh because of what's happened to you um do you why should i let my son like play rugby um and my answer at the time was like twofold like would i change would i as you said would i change things well everything all of the things from from and there's lots of different sports just rugby as the example like there's so many great things about working as a team about like de- de- discipline dedication um like self control there's so many things that you learn through a team sport like that um or just any discipline like that um that has shaped like me, the, who I am, the way I act, the way I do things that are, there's so many good things out of that that have come that I wouldn't want to change it from that perspective. 
Um, and then the other, the other thing I said to her was, I didn't meet, I didn't say it in a, it can sound a bit harsh, but I was a bit like, how did you get here today? And it was like, we drove. And it's like, well, you got more chance of having a car accident than, um, than your son having the, like a severe, do you know what I mean? The head injury from a car accident, what the stats were like unbelievably in favour of that. But we don't think twice about jumping on an aeroplane or getting in a car or letting them cr- a kid cross the road. Um, so, yeah. Every life is dangerous, so stay indoors. It is potentially, you know. There's there's a stat actually, Tim. The, I'm, I'm sure you will be aware of it. That one in no, uh, what's one in one? Everyone dies at some point. Um, so life is dangerous. Well, yes. Um, I have uh, on some interesting stats. Let's take a small segue before we get. Out of it. I, um, <laughs> I don't know where we've gone now. We've I don't know where we've gone. Uh, it's a football session. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> I am uh, a big advocate of, 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 of marine conservation, being from a scuba in background. Um, and My sister's I'm, a marine biologist. Well, we can chat. Should get her on. Yeah, get her on. Um, one reason I wanted to first start to learn scuba diving is I wanted to see sea sharks. I really like sharks. Um, it's the first time I've ever said that on, on the podcast. Um, <laughs> but people always give sharks a bad rap, right? But if you look at the statistics around shark attacks, and people are terrified of sharks, and it gets on the news if someone gets bitten by a shark, but you're more likely to die from a coconut falling on your head on the beach, statistically, than from being bitten by a shark and dying, or from a bee sting. But people will go out and eat coconuts and go for around bees. I don't well, know if they tend to go around bees. Bees often come into your own personal space, but do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. It, I, it, well, interestingly, I love coconuts, um, <laughs> and I've never been afraid of them. Are you um, sharks? Well, the thi- well, actually, but they are dangerous because Mrs. Jacko, you know when you buy a full coconut and you've got to break it, she just throws it at the wall to yeah, try and she, break it, and that is she's dangerous. She's got an aggression problem, hasn't she? Yes. Um, <laughs> and then on, on, be, on she beasting... She won't listen. It's all right. Don't matter. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Someone, someone, one of her friends will tell her. Um, and then, because this is a spitball session, we can say anything. I like this, the fact that we're allowed to say anything. It's brilliant. Um, bee stings. <laughs> I got stung on the bum by um by a bee a queen bee my mum said it was that big it must have been a queen bee um it was in my scout shorts in in my um in my like drawers apparently somehow in the cupboard put it on and got a, a bee sting on the bum um <laughs> and that was painful another time i was actually in a in a in an ambulance as a kid from a bee sting because there was like a fair at radcliffe on trent grange and i got stung by a bee again and ended up in um there was an ambulance there, and for some reason, I must have been an absolute soft kid. I went in an ambulance. I didn't go to hospital, but I remember being, <laughs> being treated. To, I don't know, what do you do with the bee sting? We have really segue. We on it, don't you? Or is that, is that jellyfish? <laughs> I think that might be jellyfish. If you get stung by a bee next time, let me know, and I'll wee on you, and we'll see if it helps. No, it's a duck leaf, isn't it? You rub a duck leaf on it. No, that's nettles. <laughs> <laughs> what anyway. is bee? Arnica. You put arnica on the bee sting. I think you just take it. You just suck it up for a bee I think, sting. I don't maybe. think there's a lot you can do for a bee sting. As I long don't as you're know. Not, like massively allergic, and like like Seth. Seth has to carry a pen with him yes. for hay fever. Why and do bees die bees. when they sting you? I don't know. That's that is a different podcast. I mean, this partly is one, but this that's that's a different. Mm. It we'll get, answers we'll, on a postcard, guys, because that to me sounds strange. Um, right, back on point. Yeah. So I think what we're talking about is because <laughs> going back to your point about rugby is. Yeah. My sister's a paediatrics physio, so she looks after and she specialises in brain injuries in children. She was telling me a story a few months ago about a kid that she had in on the ward who was into BMX, did a jump, pretty good at BMX, came off his bike, uh, complete tear of his spinal cord uh, and head injury. So he's doing something that he loved, 
and had a severe accident and is now going to be um, live the rest of his life pretty impaired, both mentally and physically. Um, Jack loves riding his bike, and I want to take him to BMX. Now, mm. is that does that then become a reckless thing or not? And we're, we're kind of zooming out from. Yeah. I just want to do a handstand, Tim. What are you talking about? <laughs> but to go in like uh, the risk of that, or the value of what that process is, and the value of being involved in a rugby team, or the value of training for a muscle up or whatever it might be, is it all has to be in what you think you're going to get out of it. And it's like, Carl, bring it right back to calisthenics. And when we had, we had a conversation with Carl Paoli, he said to me, we were talking about planche, and he goes, Tim, are you okay with the fact that you might never get to do a planche? And I was like, I don't know. I hadn't really ever thought about that. I just thought I was going to train mm. and I would one day be able to do one. I still can't do a full planche, but I haven't put the time in to be able to do it because the value that I find from the journey is not fulfilling enough. So I don't do it. I don't enjoy training it, so I don't do it. And the end goal isn't important enough to me to push me through that. So I train other things. Yeah. So I guess it's interesting. What... He, he um, I remember, I remember that it was a while ago. Actually, we did that podcast. It was like thirty-six or something. But um, I remember at the time thinking, oh, I thought Carlos was a nice guy. He's like, why has he said that? A That's a bit mean. Call. That's a bit mean. Why be yeah. mean? But it's actually, he was at a play. He was where we are. He was having this conversation now, and we weren't yeah. ready for it. He was more enlightened at that time. Yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I don't I think I need to summarise that because we've probably been over the same point several times. But I think it's yeah. an evaluation and a reflection on, on going, just in, just take everything that you can from where you are now, I think is how I look at my training. And I really don't beat myself up about it. Training this year for me has been so disrupted. Mm. Um, it started off by being laid up with holes in my leg, which is a story which I think we've covered previously. And then COVID started, so I've been at home and then I quit the gym. And so now, uh, and training is, has been through phases this year of consistent and then not consistent. And if you are focused on trying to achieve a certain thing, which where Jack and I have both been in the past to where I am now, is I just train because I want to move and I'm just rolling with it a little bit and I get what I get. And and that's also just around the, the aesthetic side of things, how I feel about myself. That's the challenge still that I've got a, that, that body image, which we touched on in a podcast recently. Um, of not training and how that affects my mental well-being and mental health. But you've got to, I just try to kind of stop beating myself up about a specific endpoint because what I know from a fact of having spent time with with athletes who have been involved in the fitness and strength training industry for a long time is that let's take bodybuilders as an example. They're not super happy the most of the time when they stand on stage with how they look. They might say, oh, yeah, I'm really pleased with what I've achieved, but they will still look at themselves and go, oh, yeah, but I need to do X, Y, and Z. And for most people, look at them and go, crikey, like to get in that kind of shape is incredible. So there's always something more. There's always a heavier weight to put on the bar. There's always a more complicated and complex movement. But I think what you learn from the process of that, if you can focus on that, that's then it doesn't matter if you can't do it anymore. Because like the aesthetics is a great example. We are all going to get old and wrinkly and a little bit saggy because that's what happens when you get to 70, 80 years old. I can't wait. So we're all going to lose whatever it is that if we've got a physique goal or objective that's going to be for a moment in time until you can't maintain that lifestyle and all of a sudden you don't look like that anymore and then you get those photos that you took and go oh you look when, when i was when i was and you're like I, but like what so what like what does it matter and it, it's huge like I, I genuinely think this is quite a big mental shift of being able to to just appreciate and live a bit more in the present and just be happy and content with with where you're at I've got one other point, and then before I just pass it back over to you, is that I seem to be using this word a lot at the moment, or these two words of opportunity cost. It comes up and just must be on my mind in some way. 
But the question is, I'm going, if you are not really thinking about this kind of philosophy that we're talking about, you've got to, you, there has to be at some point, well, the sensible thing at some point would be to give some thought to what happens down the line. So I'm not going to say this as, as this is an example, so it's not everybody, but there are people who are, have squatted a lot of weight and there'll be people in calisthenics who have done a lot of weighted calisthenics based movements who now either have squatting knee pain or significant joint issues and in calisthenics there's a there's the list of people that have done high intensity strength-based calisthenics who've got a blown up elbow potentially had surgery those things are like the opportunity cost of doing heavy heavy weighted muscle-ups for example is that you are not protecting or looking after the joint for the longer term so is that 32 kilo muscle important to you now or how much um, foresight or thought are you giving to what's the long-term effect of that? Because I think so much of the time when we're focused on that objective and that thing that we want to do, we probably miss or lose a little bit of the bigger picture of I've got 80 or 90 years on this planet and I probably want to use my elbow. That's why I, I, I don't chase anything like that. I don't do a lot of weighted calisthenics only just to serve muscle-ups because it doesn't make me feel good and I'm not bothered about whether... I can do more weight on a muscle than somebody else. That's just a pathetic thing to do because as we spoke about recently as well, there'll always be somebody else who's doing more than that anyway. So like, <laughs> where, where do you find your value and enjoyment? And it, it sh I don't think it, it needs to be on just yeah, that process rather than a destination, which is a mirage and movable object in the most part anyway, because there's always more and there's always something different. I'm going to stop talking now. Sorry. Yes, someone um, someone quoted quoted you back. Uh, sent they sent a um, a video of like I don't know, probably an eight year old girl at a gymnastics place on a single arm, like on a on one of the canes, doing like a a straddle pressed like single arm thing, like probably about ten in a row, just casually. And it was like the, the quote of like so there's, there's somewhere in the world, there's like an eight year old yeah. girl warming up with, with what you do, and it's so true. The, the, I've made some notes as you were talking. One thing written down: mental phone. shift. Like that's a big thing that we're talking about now. <laughs> mental, mental shift. Texting. Actually, pen and pen and paper went old school. Um, yeah, that mental shift is just like challenging how we are thinking about our training now, how we are thinking about how we want to go and uh, move when we're older, and are those two things married up? Are they matched? Um, the other thing I wrote down as perspective, I meant to talk about this before, um, and I don't want to try, I don't want to keep us too much longer, but um, you were talking about like that thing that we can do right now is, open, or the thing you're trying to work towards is just going to be a blip like in your own life. But equally, we can zoom out further than that and go like, your own life is only going to be a blip in like the world, like just the world and the universe, anyway. Which is I've got another fact on that one. I'll, I'll <laughs> remind me okay. to tell you what my contextual yeah. factors on that. It's good. Um, yeah, you never told me if you enjoyed anything about um, weightlifting, but anyway, I'll, I'll save um, that for the summary. Okay. Um, yeah. So just like getting that perspective, like when because the thing um, the thing that I've written down that could potentially be um, part of the title is we're basically talking about how to take pressure off your training or how to take pressure off yourself with this perspective. And I think that that being able to like, when I zoom out to like think about world and universe, like that just makes my head explode a little bit. But it's good to do every now and again to go, yeah, like there is. So then you, because then you're able to go, well, how much, how much does it matter? Like I know it matters to people. Someone's like real close, like today, someone is so close to doing their first ever muscle up and it matters. And I, and we believe, and we agree with you like, yes, it does matter. 
and like go and do that thing and it will be it's it's cool it's great whatever but like at the same time just have that perspective of like it it doesn't like it matters as much as it doesn't matter and when it doesn't matter it takes the pressure off and you'll probably actually then do it better um and just to like what everything you were saying about that sort of um trying to do harder stuff and just um it, it wrecking your body potentially um resonates with me recently i even questioned um you talk about like weighted pull-ups or just not weighted pull-ups just anything right now say for instance i wanted to do um some German volume training for whatever reason it is. I've got some reason. It's going to help me with this, whatever it is, hypertrophy, whatever. And it requires me to do 10 sets and it requires me to sort of like really batter myself. And I go like, well, do I want to be doing 10 sets of stuff when I'm older? And you go, I probably won't have time or like I just won't be able to do it. And I'm starting to think like, well, I almost am thinking a little bit at the moment now, and I don't know whether this has got any merit or whatever, but my my brain has gone to a little bit of a place of like, I almost want to train now how I think I'm going to be able to train when I'm older. Rather than, because otherwise, like you say, you could just get like really strong at pull-ups and that will help you do this, that, the other. But there's going to be a point where you're not, you're not doing weighted pull-ups anymore just because like you don't want to or you can't be asked or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I think the... Um, the the um the thought for me on that is that there's a little bit for me of putting reserve in the bank so the stronger you are the harder it or the longer it's going to take to lose it so if you go through life just weak and then you're going to get weaker as you get older you've got no reserve whereas actually when you're in the middle of stages young stages of life middle stages of life you've got time to build some reserve but i agree with you in that way your thought is probably going is that it shouldn't just be about a strength reserve because there's a movement reserve that you're going to want mm. at the same time. So you've got to find that balance between staying strong, maintaining muscle mass, because that's going to help you to a certain point to stay mobile, active and move well. But you're also going to need to grease some patterns of maintaining movement quality. Um, so yeah, I think you're, I think you're right. Having an eye on both for me, like I sometimes, and, and the flip side of this again, it goes back to like just the process of going. Sometimes I quite like German volume training because it's ten sets. And I haven't got to think about anything else for an entire session. It's nice, and I quite like volume, particularly in overhead pushing patterns. Um, but um, that, and that's that's a perfectly good reason to do that session on on any given day. Um, but anyway, I wanted to finish my fact, and then I'll talk about weightlifting and scuba diving. Um, you, I like your point, and this is just completely back off the board cool. again. But um, about the bee? No, it's not about <laughs> bees. It's about <laughs> that. You're, you're you said that you're here for like, I say, eighty years. But in the great scheme of things, that's even like just your existence while you're here on this planet for your lifetime. So I was thinking about this recently, and the, the universe apparently is give or take one or two, thirteen point eight billion years old so if i put that into context with my own life i'm going to try and get this right turn that 13.8 into money because people have got a fairly better got a better understanding of like of money as opposed to a billion years just seems like an unfathomable amount of time so if you turn it into money you go 13.8 billion pounds that means that my life out of the entire duration that the universe has been alive if i get to 80 is worth 80 quid 80 pay 80 pounds out of 13.8 billion that's how insignificant in terms of the bigger picture that my time on earth is yeah if if i was a billionaire 80 quid would just be like loose change wouldn't it yeah no problem i wouldn't even feel the petrol in your boat 
you buy one of those new sandbags from a from our shop. <laughs> you could get just for fun. For that, yeah. Um, and two. then weightlifting and scuba diving, that was very much the time of my life was um, I just enjoyed bodybuilding type training because of how it made me look. And then I don't look like that anymore. And I'm not that bothered. Let's get some photos then. Transformation oh, Tuesday. You look at it and go, what are you? <laughs> you look at them and you go, so what were you doing in the gym? You just, <laughs> do you even lift, bro? So if I think about when I was younger and training... You get a photo where you think, like you say, like in your head, you're like, yeah, I've been smashed it. I did like 35 kilo on bench press today. I, I, this, what, you want, what you actually want to see is that I will, I will try and dig one of these out, actually. A photo of me before I started training. And then you'd be like, oh, that's um, like, you're not very big. Right, let's commit to this. We're both going to find some old photos. Yeah, I've of, definitely of, got some. Of looking, I will be 65 kilos wet through. Um, yeah, large and in charge. Yeah, there's a story about when I first started training um, that I'd probably saved for another day, but it involved going to the local, um, say, like supplement store in Australia. I used to live in Manly, in North Shore in Australia. Me and my mate went and we got a, a tub of I won't I won't I won't name drop the brand, but we started saying it's basically it was a creatine all in one type mix, and um, it's just in the gym like five days a week, take, and then taking this stuff at the same time. And it's I don't know what it was that blew me up, but people were like, "What are you taking?" I, people were genuinely accusing me of being on gear because they're like, had blown up, blown up in inverted commas. Like I still look like a proper weasel just with slightly bigger pecs. <laughs> yeah, well, our, our, my at sixteen when we first started going to the gym, my our, our post training um, shake was two litres of skimmed milk and then a stop off at McDonald's on the way home. <laughs> <laughs> Little did we know. Well, I feel right. that we've I definitely answered the question. I love sessions. That we started out on. I love spitball sessions, yeah. Was, um, I don't know great. what the question was, but I feel like we answered it well. well. I feel like I've got a title now for it as we've gone through. Something about pressure and perspective. And bees. And bees. It doesn't give me right. pee. Yeah. Let's... Um, Let's wrap it up there because we'll if, sign off. if we go any longer, we're either going to repeat ourselves or go down another dangerous pothole, pothole, yeah. wormhole, rabbit hole, beehole. Well, so on that note, um, thank you for watching, watching, listening. Um, I'm sure there must be something in there that resonated with you. Do let us uh, know if you've got any questions or any topics or any spitball ideas for us that you'd like us to cover on the podcast. Do get in touch. Either you can email us, um, tim at schoolcastnetics.com or david at schoolcast.com denix.com or our personal emails or get in touch on social media a lot of you will prefer seem to prefer instagram which is a great place um, to find us if you haven't given us a review on itunes or spotify or wherever you listen to the podcast we would um, highly recommend doing that just because it helps us and it helps the podcast reach more people and we like it um if nice someone wants me to do a podcast on sharks and scuba diving then oh yeah let us know. yeah I think uh, like a how we used to train, like an old school, like something, something, I don't know, it'd be interesting. I'd be actually interested to know from you what that would be. Bench. <laughs> Just bench. Bench and tries. Yeah, bench and tricep extensions. That was the, that was Monday to Thursday. <laughs> so thank right. you everyone. We, uh, Wrap it up. We'll, yeah, we'll see you on, uh, on the, on social media or for those that are members of the virtual classroom, we'll see you one of our, either in the community there or for one of our live sessions that we're doing now. Um, the Q and A's on a, on a Tuesday lunchtime, um, or Thursday evening for online members in the virtual classroom. We've got live Q and A's to help you with your ongoing training problems and answering any issues and things that you want, uh, help with. 
you will find all the details for that inside the virtual classroom for those, let's say, that are online members. Nothing else to say, Timbo, apart from until next time. Class dismissed. So thank you so much again for listening. We don't take it lightly that you uh, give up probably an hour of your time to listen to these podcasts, and we really do appreciate that. We hope you got a load of value out of it, guys, and we would, if you did, we would love you to do a couple of things for us. One of them is tell other people and share it if you thought that we were adding some value, and also if you want to, pop over to iTunes or wherever you're listening to this and give us a five-star review. We like five stars. Four stars not as good. Keep it five stars. are the best. Five of your best stars, please. <laughs> and if you would like to find out more about the School of Calisthenics and see the best of everything that we have got, head over to our virtual classroom. You can access it from the website at schoolofcalisthenics.com. And that is where we have got literally, possibly, the best calisthenics resource available anywhere in the world. It's definitely the best one we've done. And on that note, until next week, class dismissed.